You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. I know you might see me in trouble from time to time. I may be perplexed from time to time. I may be hashed down. I'll get into all this more in just a few moments. My point is this, uh, my state, my uh, circumstances uh, that are relevant to the people, places, and things around me that define to some degree the obstacles that I'm having to fight through, those do not adequately represent my status with God. For those listening today that wear eyeglasses, have you ever tried on another person's glasses? What works to provide perfect vision to them is a blurry mess to you. You see, this life can be a lot like that. When we begin focusing our vision on the things of this world, it's like looking through glasses with the wrong prescription. Today, Pastor Gary will remind us that who we really are, the reality that we really find ourselves in, is not defined by our circumstances. There is an eternal reality we must focus on. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as he begins his message, My state is not my status. Verse number 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. That word moderation means appropriateness, it means mildness, it means gentleness, and it means patience. In other words, conduct yourself in an appropriate, mild, gentle, and patient manner as a Christian. Somebody say amen right there. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. It's talking about don't fret, don't worry. That's what that means. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Thoughts are like a buffet. You can take your pick. And he's just giving you some advice. Quit focusing on all the negative and start focusing on the good things that God's put in your life. Somebody say amen right there. Verse number 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. He said, I didn't just talk it, I walked it. Amen. What does he want us to do with it? He says, do. In other words, what you've seen me teach, what you've uh, heard me teach, what you've received, what you've uh, learned, do that. And he said, the God of peace if you'll do what God told me to tell you to do through the power of God's Word, if you do that, you'll have peace. He said that God of peace shall be with you. Verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. 
Not that I speak in respect of want or lack, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. One of the most popular verses of the New Testament, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And God's children say amen. I want to focus on verse 11 where it said, Not that I speak in respect of want. Watch your Bible for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. If you look up the word state in the Greek dictionary, it means essentially that person, place, or thing which is relative to your current situation. I want you to think about that. You say, I'm in a lot of trouble this morning, preacher. Well, I'm preaching right at you then. And uh, you say, well, I'm doing pretty well, preacher. Well, I'm preaching right at you because he said... uh, I've learned whatsoever state I am in, whether I'm up or whether I'm down. Amen. He said, I've learned to be content. He's teaching us that contentment is not found in a relative circumstances to the people, places, and things that surround your life. That you can have joy in the midst of chaos. And, and so the word content, Webster said that to be content means to be quiet. It means to not be disturbed. To have a mind that is at peace or to be satisfied so as not to object or oppose. Boy, you show me a Christian that is at peace and satisfied and does not object or oppose even in the midst of Job-like trials. And I'll show you a mature Christian. I'll show you a Christian that understands what Paul was talking about when he said, I have learned whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. Amen. So this morning my assignment is to preach on my state is not my status. Amen. I know you might see me in trouble from time to time. I may be perplexed from time to time. I may be cast down. I'll get into all this more in just a few moments. My point is this. uh, My state, my Uh, circumstances uh, that are relevant to the people, places, and things around me that define to some degree the obstacles that I'm having to fight through, those do not adequately represent my status with God. Are you getting my point? If you do, say amen. My state is not my status. For 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. I'm glad that even if it looks like I'm at a deficit in this old world, that because I have Jesus in my heart, I have great gain. Can you say amen, church? Hallelujah. Let's look at it. Three things and I'm done. Number one, I want to look at the parameters of our text. Look at verse four. It sets the parameters. It says, rejoice in the Lord. What? Always. <laughs> and again, I say, in case uh, some of those in the back couldn't hear it, amen. Again, I say, and I believe he might have spoken a little louder as he's writing it, rejoice. Now, keep in mind the historical context of the passage that we are preaching about. Paul is, in fact, in prison. He is in 
bonds and he's writing to encourage those who are still out and about enjoying their freedoms and doing the work of the Lord. Amen. And here he is uh, mustering enough, mustering up enough uh, Holy Ghost power to overcome all the reasons why he could be throwing a pity party. And instead, he's speaking forth blessing from his own prison cell and trying to encourage others when he himself should be being encouraged. I love this fact that Paul truly is living out what he is preaching and teaching to others. I've learned that our trials are not always about us. Sometimes they're about other people. You say, what you talking about, preacher? Well, let me tell you what I mean by that. Sometimes God needs other people to see you love and live for God under extreme pressure. They need to see that your loyalty does not lie in favorable circumstances, but your loyalty lies in the complete work of Calvary and the price that He paid for your sin. That you would be satisfied whether God did another thing for you. Amen. That you're just happy that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life uh, and you don't need to be paid and you don't need to be patted on the back you don't need to be recognized you don't need to be shouted out and given a limelight uh, in order to appreciate or value what God's doing uh, and in order for you to serve the king of kings and lord of lords amen and God gives us the parameters by which to operate these parameters are that we are to rejoice in the Lord always in other words uh, God is not giving us permission under any circumstances whatsoever related to people, places, or things that give us trouble for us to stop rejoicing in the Lord. That He is so good to us. That He is so wonderful and He is so magnificent that our praise should never stop. Our rejoicing should never stop because He's good whether we're in a tight or not. Amen. He's good whether I'm up and He's good whether I'm down. And oh, I can rejoice with you when God does something big for you. And I'm excited when God bless you're real good, but I'm also interested in learning how to praise God, not when the breakthrough comes, but before it comes, or when it looks like it may not ever come, that I can still, amen, like Job, drop ashes on my head and say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord this morning. Somebody shout amen. I'm talking about my state uh, is not my status. Some of you come in here with the mully grubs. Uh, some of you here uh, come in here with your lip dragging the ground. Amen. Scraping up gravel as you go. Amen. Uh, and your speech is full of gravel and you're full of bitterness. Uh, and if you want to know how to get victory, you're not going to get victory by waiting on perfect circumstances because if you wait till that happens, it may never come. Uh, you're going to have to get victory deep down in your heart and in your spirit and say, I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, His praise shall continually be in my mouth and we should never under any circumstances stop rejoicing just because we're having a bad day. Can I get an amen? I'm talking about my state is not my status. You know how it is. You ask somebody, how you doing? And uh, that's a trick question. (laughs) It really is. Uh, God's trying to teach me, old knucklehead Gary Hall. I'm hard-headed sometimes. Any of y'all have that problem? Be honest. Amen. That when somebody asks me what I'm doing, I should respond with my status and not my state. My status is that I'm redeemed. Status is that I'm washed. (laughs) 
My status is that I'm a king's kid. My status is I'm an heir and a joint heir with the king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, So if you want to know how I'm doing, I have no business telling you about my state. Uh, I need to be telling you about my status because uh, the state will change. uh, But my status never will because it's sealed, uh, signed, and delivered, and paid for permanently by the blood of Jesus. Uh, And there ain't nothing this world can do to take it away. Amen we got to quit talking about our problems and start talking about our Savior. we got to start talking about, stop talking about how big our mountains are and start talking about how big our God is. Amen. We're going to have to quit looking at our circumstances and our limitations and start looking at the boundless power and ability of God in heaven. Amen. Who is Jehovah Jireh is more than enough. Quit talking down on your circumstances. Start looking up to the Lord. Amen. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence come my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Oh, I'm glad to tell you that we can rejoice in any parameter. Amen. It doesn't matter the circumstance that he gives us the power to rejoice always. Somebody say amen. So we see the parameters. Secondly, I want to notice the paradox. Look at verse 12. Interesting phraseology Paul uses here. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am, what's what's the next word? Instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Wait a minute. Which is it? It's both. (laughs) To be full, I believe this is indicating our supernatural status with God through the blood of Jesus, our spiritual status, if you will. To be hungry is, means uh, that's talking about your natural side, both to abound, that's your spiritual or supernatural side, and to suffer need, that's your natural side. In other words, there is this paradox that seems to be contradictory to one another, but what he's talking about is two different worlds. He's talking about your natural side, which speaks of your state of existence, and your spiritual side, which speaks of your status with God. And he said, it doesn't matter which side of the coin you talk about. and You can flip it, heads or tails. It don't matter. I've learned how to do both. Amen. I, I've learned how to rejoice uh, whenever I'm up. I've learned how to rejoice whenever I'm down. Uh, I've learned how to be a base and I've learned how to abound. Uh, I've learned how to fight this old flesh with the power of the Spirit of God. Uh, and I've learned how to let the Holy Spirit have His will and way in my life and do supernatural things because I've been willing to be obedient to the Lord. Paul is talking about the paradox of the controversy between our natural man and our spiritual man. I want to say it this way. Everyone has their Jacob and their Israel. Jacob, conniver, liar, trickster, was wrestling with the Lord and God... Uh, said, as a prince hast thou found favor with God and with man and hast prevailed. So he said, I no more call thee Jacob, but Israel. So Jacob was the old man. Israel was the new man. Which one's most in charge in your life? The old man or the new man? He said, I'm learning how to abound. <laughs> he said, I, I know sometimes I'm down. 
But even when I'm down, I'm up. Amen. Even when I'm down, I'm up because it depends on what side you're talking about. Uh, in Jacob, uh, I'm low down, sorry, no good for nothing. I'm really good at that. He said, I've learned how to be a beast. Amen. Uh, how many of you know, got that down pat? Raise your hand. Amen. But he said, I also know how to abound. Uh, he said, if I live like I know better, uh, then I can get victory through the Lord Jesus Christ and Israel can prevail in my life. Every person has their Isaac and their Ishmael. Isaac was the promised seed that God gave Abraham and Ishmael was the manufactured seed where Abraham was trying to hurry God along thinking he was running out of time to fix it, amen. And sometimes our natural man gets ahead of God, tries to push something through in our own energy, in our own effort, and we just make a bigger mess than anything else because we haven't learned like Paul to uh, both how to be abased and humbled and how to abound. So there is this paradox, there is this struggle, but you need to know the difference between the natural side and the spiritual side. So we see the parameters, we see the paradox, but now let's look at verse 13. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Number three, I want to talk about the power source. The power. How in the world are we going to live in victory in our spirit when our flesh has such a hard time? Well, it's called resurrection power. It's called allowing the resurrected Savior that lives inside of the believer to have His will and His way in your life. It's called dying to self so that we might live unto Christ. Amen. And he said, I can do all things through Christ. Now, I want to tell you something. As a believer, your best days are yet ahead. And I'm not necessarily talking about this side of heaven. But I will tell you this, that even in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your trial, you can have some of the best days you've ever had if you'll learn the secret that Paul is talking about, his power source. Amen. Uh, the Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord, and most of our battles are won or lost right here on what we think about and meditate on. The other day, uh, the Holy Ghost helped me. I was in a predicament. I ain't going to tell you the predicament, but I'll tell you what God did to resolve it. I was having a little pity party at Walmart, standing in line for some medicine. How many of you ever have pity parties trying to do that? Amen. Uh, that wasn't my dilemma, but it just agitated the condition, if you know what I mean. And uh, all of a sudden, the Lord directed me to just read His Word off my smartphone while I was waiting in line. So I started reading the Bible feeding my inner man instead of my natural man's way of thinking. And it didn't take long at all, Miss Jane and the Holy Ghost come down upon me and I had to get out of Walmart so I could have me a spell with Jesus. I'm telling you what, there ain't nothing like him. Amen. Uh, all of a sudden, the power comes in from another world. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, uh, just a few minutes ago, I was ready to quit and throw in the towel. Now, I'm ready to fight a giant because God is able to do exceedingly. You see, if we can just learn how to live in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust uh, and the detriments of the flesh. This flesh will lead you wrong every time. Your weakness, if you let it, will talk you right out of doing something for God. 
Did you hear what I said? Your weakness, if you let it, will talk you right out of doing something for God. But when you quit leaning on your power and start leaning on the power of God, He'll give you what you need to do what He's asked you to do. Amen. I'm glad there's a power that's not my own. I'm glad uh, that the Lord, the Bible says, faithful is he who hath called thee who also will do it. I'm glad to say uh, that when I've been down, he's been faithful. When I've been hurt, he's been my healer. When I've been ready to quit, he said, come on, boy, we can go another mile together. Surely uh, if I go with you, you'll make it, won't you? And I said, oh, Lord, I believe I will. I believe I can. If you can just hold my hand for through this dark season, if you just hold my hand and wipe my tears, Lord, I believe I can get through this. I believe I can get through another night. I believe I can fight another giant. I believe I can take another mountain for the glory of God. And just when I didn't think I had enough wind in my sail to sail another mile, God sent a breeze from another world. And I'm telling you this morning, if you want to serve God in victory, you're going to have to give victory in your spirit and quit looking at the natural man's set, uh, unique set of circumstances. Woo, there's a power source that you can hook up to that just won't quit. <laughs> it just won't quit. There is something about the believer in Christ who trusts in the power of God. You may have your down days, but at some point, if you're His, you're going to get back up again. If you're His, you're going to dust the seat, your, dust off the seat of your pants, and you're going to get back up and say, "God, if God be for me, who can be against me? I, I might, I might have buried another loved one. I might have buried another bad memory. I might have walked away from another broken relationship. But if the Lord will give me power, so help me, God, I'm not going to quit till He calls me home." Oh, He can give you that power that you need this morning to face any mountain in your life. So in conclusion, what does Romans 8, 36 and 37 say? Well, here it is. As it is written, for thy sake. Hallelujah. For Jesus' sake. Hmm. We are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me read these off to you. My state is that I'm imprisoned, but my status is that I'm free. <laughs> my state is that I'm hungry. But my status is that I'm full. My state is that I'm weak. My status is that I'm strong. My state is that I'm, I'm sick. But my status is that I'm healed. <laughs> my state is that I'm troubled. My status is that I'm not distressed. My state is that I'm perplexed. My status is that I'm not in despair. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Uh, my state is that I'm persecuted. Uh, my status is that I'm not forsaken. Uh, my state is that I'm cast down. Uh, but my status is that I'm not uh, destroyed. Let's start focusing on our status and quit talking about our state this morning. Amen. Paul wrote in chapter 2 of the same book, Philippians 2.17, he said, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. 
Now he wrote that from a prison cell for their sake, literally living what he preached with joy. My prayer this morning is that the Lord will please help me never again to grumble at the cost of ministry which benefit His church. Rather, let me rejoice and be joyful that my pain is someone else's gain. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L dot com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.